last time we left off, we were all alone with Harry in the train station. He was told to get to Hogwarts to start his school. He had to go to platform nine and three quarters. However, when he got there, he couldn't find it. He asked um, some people that worked there. They couldn't find it. The Dursleys laughed him off. He was standing there by himself and all of a sudden saw a family that had an owl. This owl was his clue that this family might also be wizards. Let's see what he does. Heart hammering, Harry pushed his cart after them. They stopped, and so did he, just near enough to hear what they were saying. Now what's the platform number? said the boy's mother. Nine and three quarters, piped a small girl, also redheaded, who was holding her hand. Mom, can't I go? You're not old enough, Ginny. Now be quiet. All right, Percy, you go first. What looked like the oldest boy marched towards platform nine and ten. Harry watched, careful not to blink in case he missed it. But just as the boy reached the dividing barrier between the two platforms, a large crowd of tourists came swarming in front of him. And by the time the last backpack had cleared away, the boy had vanished. Fred, you go next, the plump woman said. I'm not Fred, I'm George, said the boy. Honestly, woman, you call yourself our mother? Can't you tell I'm George? Sorry, George, dear. Only joking, I'm Fred, said the boy, and off he went. His twin called after him to hurry, and he must have done so, because a second later, he had gone. But how had he done it? Now the third brother was walking briskly briskly toward the barrier. He was almost there, and then, quite suddenly, he wasn't anywhere. There was nothing else for it. Excuse me, Harry said to the plump woman. Hello, dear, she said. First time at Hogwarts? Ron's new, too. She pointed at her last and youngest of her sons. He was a tall, thin, and and gangling, with freckles, big hands, and feet, and a long nose. Yes, said Harry. The thing is, thing is, I don't know how to, how to get onto the platform, she said kindly, and Harry nodded. Not to worry, she said. All you have to do is walk straight at the barrier between platforms 9 and 10. Don't stop, and don't be scared you'll crash into it. That's very important. Best do it at a bit of a run. If you're nervous, go on now before Ron. Uh, okay, said Harry. He pushed his trolley around and started at the barrier. It looked very solid. He started to walk toward it. People jostled him on their way to platforms 9 and 10. Harry walked more quickly. He was going to smash right into the barrier and and then he'd be in trouble. Leaning forward on this cart, he broke into a heavy run. The barrier was coming nearer and nearer. He wouldn't be able to stop. The cart was out of control. He was a foot away. He closed his eyes, ready for the crash. It didn't come. He kept on running. He opened his eyes. A scarlet steam engine was waiting next to the platform packed with people. 
A sign overhead said Hogwarts Express, 11 o'clock. Harry looked behind him and saw a wrought iron archway where the barrier had been with the words platform nine and three quarters on it. He had done it. Smoke from the engine drifted over the heads of the chattering crowd while cats of every color wound here and there um, wound here and there between their legs. Owls hooted to one another in a distinguished sort of way over the babble and the scraping of heavy trunks. The first few carriages were already packed with students, some hanging out of the windows talking with their families, some fighting over seats. Harry pushed his cart off down the platform in search of an empty seat. He passed a round-faced boy who was saying, Gren, I've lost my toad again. Oh, Neville, he heard the old woman sigh. A boy with dreadlocks was surrounded by a small crowd. Give us a look, Lee. Go on. The boy lifted the lid of the box in his arms, and the people around him shrieked and yelled as something inside poked out a long poked out a long hairy leg. Harry pressed on through the crowd until he found an empty compartment near the end of the train. He put Hedwig inside first and then started to shove and heave his trunk toward the train door. He tried to lift it up the steps, but he could hardly raise one end, and twice he dropped it painfully on his foot. Want a hand? It was one of the red-haired twins he'd followed through the barrier. Yes, please, Harry panted. Oi, Fred, come here and help. With the twins' help, Harry's trunk was last tucked away in a corner of the compartment. Thanks, said Harry, pushing his sweaty hair out of his eyes. What's that? said one of the twins, suddenly pointing at Harry's lightning scar. Blimey, said the other twin. Are you? He is, said the first twin. Aren't you? he added to Harry. What? said Harry. Harry Potter, chorused the twins. Oh, him? said Harry. I mean, yes, I am. The two boys gawked at him, and Harry felt himself turning red. Then, to his relief, a voice came floating in through the train's open door. Fred, George, are you there? Coming, Mom. With a last look at Harry, the twins hopped off the train. Harry sat down next to the window where, half-hidden, he could watch the red-haired family on the platform and hear what they were saying. Their mother had just taken out her handkerchief. Ron, you've got something on your nose. The youngest boy tried to jerk out of the way, but she grabbed him and began rubbing the end of his nose. Mom, gosh, he wiggled free. Ah, the has Ickle Ronnie got something on his nose? Said one of the twins. Shut up, said Ron. Where's Percy? said their mother. He's coming now. The oldest boy came striding into sight. He had already changed into his billowing black Hogwarts robes, and Harry noticed a shiny silver badge on his chest with the letter P on it. Can't stay long, mother, he said. I'm up front. The perfects have 
got two compartments to themselves. Sorry, the prefects have got two compartments to themselves. Oh, are you a prefect, Percy? Said one of the twins with an air of great surprise. You should have said something. We had no idea. Hang on. I think I remember him saying something about it, said the other twin. Once, um, or twice, a minute, all summer? Oh, shut up, said Percy the prefect. How come Percy gets new robes anyway, said one of the twins. Oh, because he's a prefect, said their mother fondly. All right, dear, we'll have a great term. Send me an owl when you get there. She kissed Percy on the cheek and left. Then she... Oh, and he left. Then she turned to the twins. Now you two, this year you behave yourselves. If I get one more owl telling me you've... You've blown up a toilet or... Blown up a toilet? We've never blown up a toilet. Great idea, though. Thanks, Mom. It's not funny. And look after Ron. Don't worry, Ickle Ronningkins is safe with us. Shut up, said Ron again. He was almost as tall as the twins already, and his nose was still pink with where his mother had rubbed it. Hey, Mom, guess what? Guess who we just met on the train? Harry leaned back quickly so they couldn't see him looking. You know that black-haired boy who was standing near us in the train station? Know who he is? Who? Harry Potter. Harry heard the little girl's voice. Oh, Mom, can I go on the train and see him? Mom, oh, please. You've already seen him, Ginny. The poor boy isn't something you goggle at at a zoo. Is he really, friend? How do you know? Asked him. Saw his scar. It's really there, like lightning. Poor dear, no wonder he was alone. I wondered... He was ever so polite when he asked how to get onto the platform. Never mind that. Do you think he remembers what you know who looks like? Their mother suddenly became very stern. I forbid you to ask him, Fred. No, I don't. No, don't dare. As she needs, rem- um, as he needs reminding of that on his first day of school. All right, keep your hair on. A whistle sounded. Hurry up their mother said, and the three boys clambered onto the train. They leaned out the window for her to kiss them goodbye, and the youngest sister began to cry. Don't, Ginny. We'll send you loads of owls. We'll send you a Hogwarts toilet seat. George? Only joking, Mom. The train began to move. Harry saw the boys' mother waving, and their sister, half laughing, half crying, running to keep up with the train until it gathered too much speed, and then she fell back and waved. Harry watched the girl and her mother disappear as the train rounded the corner. Houses flashed past the window. Harry felt a great leap of excitement. He didn't know what he was going to do, but it or what it was going to do, but it had to be better than what he was leaving behind. The door of the compartment slid open and the youngest red-headed boy came in. Anyone sitting here? He asked, pointing at the seat opposite Harry. Everywhere else is full. Harry shook his head and the boy sat down. He glanced at Harry and then quickly looked out the window, pretending he hadn't looked. 
Harry saw he still had a black mark on his nose. Hey, Ron. The twins were back. Listen, we're going down to the middle of the train. Lee Jordan's got a giant tarantula down there. Right, mumbled Ron. Harry, said the other twin, did we introduce ourselves? Fred and George Weasley. And this is Ron, our brother. See you later, then. Bye, said Harry and Ron. The twins slid in the compartment door and shut and shut behind them. Are you really Harry Potter? Ron blurted out. Harry nodded. Oh, well, I thought it might be one of Fred and George's jokes, said Ron. And you really got, you know. He pointed at Harry's forehead. Harry pulled his bangs to show the lightning scar. Ron stared. So that's where you know who... Yes, said Harry, but I can't remember it. Nothing, said Ron eagerly. Well, I remember a lot of green light, but nothing else. Wow, said Ron. He sat and stared at Harry's for a few moments. Then, as though he had suddenly realized what he was doing, he looked quickly out the window again. learning so much about the characters in this new world that Harry's about to enter just through the interactions at the train station as they're boarding. So we've been introduced to this family, the Weasleys, where they have two older twin brothers, George and Fred, and I've already learned a little bit about them just through the conversations that have been had. So it says, um, the mother is saying, Now you two, this year, you behave yourselves. If I get one more owl telling me you've, you've blown up a toilet or... So that quote right there indicates to me as the reader that these twins are a little bit of troublemakers, right? Otherwise they wouldn't be blowing up toilets or getting owls sent about on their behalf all the time. Um, We also learned that Ron is the youngest, and he is Harry's age. And it seems like Ron has just sat down next to Harry on the train. Are all your family wizards? asked Harry. Who found Ron just as interesting as Ron found him? Uh, yes, I think so, said Ron. I think Mom's got a second cousin who's an accountant, but we've never really talked to him. So you must know loads about magic already. The Weasleys were clearly one of the old wizarding families the pale um, boy in Diagon Alley had talked about. I heard you went to live with muggles, said Ron. What are they like? Horrible. Well, not all of them. My aunt, uncle, and cousin are, though. Wish I'd had three wizard brothers. Five, said Ron. For some reason, he was looking gloomy. 
I'm the sixth in our family to go to Hogwarts, you could say I've got a lot to live up to. Bill and Charlie have already left. Bill was head boy and Charlie was captain of Quidditch. Now, Percy's a prefect. Fred and George mess around a lot, but they still get really good marks, and everyone thinks they're really funny. Everyone expects me to do as well as the others, but if I do, it's no big deal because they did it first. You never get anything new either with five brothers. I've got Bill's old robes, Charlie's old wand, and Percy's old wrap. Ron reached inside his jacket and pulled out a fat gray rat, which was asleep. His name's Scabbers. He's useless. He hardly ever wakes up. Percy got an owl from Dad for making, for being made a prefect, but they couldn't af... I mean, I got Scabbers instead. Ron's ears went pink. He seemed to think he said too much because he went back to staring out the window. Harry didn't think there was anything wrong with not being able to afford an owl. After all, he'd never had money in his life until a month ago, and he told Ron so, all about having to wear Dudley's old clothes and never getting proper birthday presents. This seemed to cheer Ron up. And Hagrid told me I didn't know anything about um, being a wizard or about my parents or Voldemort, Ron gasped. What? said Harry. You said who you know whose name? said Ron, sounding both shocked and impressed. I'd have thought you, of all people. I'm not trying to be brave or anything, saying the name, said Harry. I just never knew you shouldn't. See what I mean? I've got loads to learn, I bet. He added, voicing for the first time something that he had been worrying that had been worrying him lots lately. I bet I'm the worst in the class. You won't be. There's loads of people who come from muggle families, and they learn quick enough. While they had been talking, the train had carried them out of London. Now they were speeding past fields full of cows and sheep. They were quiet for a time, watching the fields and lanes flip past. Around half past twelve, There was a great clattering outside in the corridor, and smiling dimpled women slid back back their door and said, Anything off the cart, dears? Harry, who hadn't had breakfast, leapt to his feet. He had never had any money for candy with the Dursleys, and now that he had his pockets rattling with gold and silver, he was ready to buy as many Mars bars as he could carry. But the woman didn't have Mars bars. What she did have were Bertie Bott's Every Flavor Beans, Drubal's Best Blowing Gum, Chocolate Frogs, Pumpkin Pastries, Cauldron Cakes, Licorice, licorice Wands, and a number of other strange things Harry had never seen in his life. Not wanting to miss anything, he got some of everything and paid the woman 11 silver sickles and 7 bronze nuts. Ron stared as Harry brought it all back to to the compartment and tipped it onto an empty seat. Hungry, are you? Starving, said Harry, taking a large bite of the pumpkin pastry. 
Ron had never taken out a lumpy package and unwrapped it. Or, sorry. Ron had taken out a lumpy package and unpacked it. There were four sandwiches inside. He pulled one of them apart and he said, She always forgets I don't like corned beef. Swap you one of these? said Harry, holding up a pasty. Go on. You don't want this. It's all dry, said Ron. She hasn't got much time, he added quickly. You know, with five of us. Go on, have a pasty, said Harry, who was who had never had anything to share before, or indeed anyone to share it with. It was a nice feeling sitting there with Ron, eating their way through all of Harry's pasties, cakes, and candies. The sandwiches lay forgotten. What are these? Harry asked Ron, holding up a pack of chocolate frogs. They're not really frogs, are they? He was starting to feel that nothing would surprise him. No, said Ron, but see what card it, um, see what the card is. I'm missing Agrippa. What? Oh, of course, you wouldn't know. Chocolate frogs have cards inside them, you know, to collect. Famous witches and wizards. I've got about 500, but I haven't got Agrippa or Plot. Plotomy? Harry unwrapped his chocolate frogs and picked up the card. It showed a man's face. He wore half-moon glasses, had a long crooked nose, and flowing silver hair, beard, and mustache. Underneath the picture was the name Albus Dumbledore. So this is Dumbledore, said Harry. Don't tell me you've never heard of Dumbledore, said Ron. Can I have a frog? I might get Agrippa. Thanks. Harry turned over the card and read, Albus Dumbledore, currently headmaster of Hogwarts. Considered to be one of the greatest wizards of modern times, Dumbledore is particularly famous for his defeat of the dark wizard Grindelwald in 1945 for the discovery of the 12 uses of dragon's blood and his work on alchemy with his partner, Nicholas Flamel. Professor Dumbledore enjoys chamber music and 10-pin bowling. Harry turned the card back over and saw, to his astonishment, that Dumbledore's face had disappeared. He's gone. Well, you can't expect him to hang around there all day, said Ron. He'll be back. No, I've got more Tinga again, and I've got about six of her. Do you want it? You can start collecting. Ron's eyes strayed to the pile of chocolate frogs waiting to be unwrapped. Help yourself, said Harry. But in, you know, the muggle world, people just stay, um, just stay put in photos. Do they? What? They don't move at all? Ron sounded amazed. Weird. Harry stared at Dumbledore, um, siddled back into the picture on his card and gave him a small smile. Ron was more interested in eating the frogs than looking at the famous witches and wizard cards, but Harry couldn't keep his eyes off them. Soon he had not only Dumbledore and Morgana, but Hengst and Woodcroft, Al- um, Alberic, Grunian, Sears, um, 
Paracelsus and Merlin. He finally tore his eyes away from the Drudus Cleodina, who was scratching her nose to open a bag of Birdie Bots every flavor bean. You want to be careful with those, Ron warned Harry. When they say every flavor, they mean every flavor. You know, you get all the ordinary ones like chocolate and peppermint and marmalade, but then you can get spinach and liver and tripe. George reckons he had a booger-flavored one once. Ron picked up the green bean, looked at it carefully, and bit into the corner. Blah! See? Sprouts. They had a good time eating the every flavor beans. Harry got toast, coconut, baked beans, strawberry, curry, grass, coffee, sardine, and was even brave enough to nibble at the end, um, the end off a funny gray one Ron wouldn't touch, which turned out to be pepper. The countryside now flying past the window was becoming wilder. The neat fields had gone. Now there were woods, twisting rivers, and dark green hills.